1892 Bitterroot Mountains Sighting, researched and written by Montana's own Greg Strandberg. One interesting story comes to us from former President Teddy Roosevelt. Our 26th president was quite the accomplished writer, penning 35 books during his lifetime. One of those was 1892's The Wilderness Hunter. The Wilderness Hunter by Teddy Roosevelt referred to a goblin story that quite impressed him. The story had originally been told to Roosevelt by a man named Bauman, a weather-beaten old mountain hunter that had passed all of his life on the frontier. Bauman told a story of he and his trapping partner heading out among the mountains dividing the forks of the salmon from the head of Wisdom River. They didn't have much luck there and moved through a particularly wild and lonely pass, one with a bad reputation due to the death of a trapper the year before. The man had been slain seemingly by a wild beast, the half-eaten remains being afterwards found by some mining prospectors. Bauman and his partner knew the tales but went up into the pass anyways, about four hours up into it. There, they reached a little open glade and made camp. Since there was a bit of daylight left, the two men headed upstream and looked for beaver to trap. When they got back to camp, it was clear that something had visited their camp and had rummaged about among their things, scattered the items in their packs, and destroyed their lean-to. The men set about restoring their camp, and then, now dark, they took a look at the footprints. They'd figured that a bear had done the destruction, but upon closer examination, something wasn't right. Bauman, the other trapper said, coming back into camp after following the tracks off into the forest a ways, using a single stick from the fire to light his way. That bear has been walking on two legs. The two men checked the tracks, came to the conclusion that something was quite odd, and then turned in for the night. Around midnight, Bauman was awakened by some noise and sat up. He smelled a strong, wild beast odor, and he caught the loom of a great body in the darkness at the mouth of the lean-to. Reaching for his rifle, Bauman managed to get a shot off. Whatever the thing had been went crashing back through the woods. The men slept little the rest of that night, then set about checking their traps the next day. They stayed close together. Upon returning from their work, they found the same ransacked camp as the day before. Again there were footprints. Again 
they appeared to be left by something on two legs. Roosevelt recounts what happened next. The men, thoroughly uneasy, gathered a great heap of dead logs and kept up a roaring fire throughout the night, one or the other sitting on guard most of the time. About midnight, the thing came down through the forest opposite, across the brook, and stayed there on the hillside for nearly an hour. They could hear the branches crackle as it moved about, and several times it uttered a harsh, grating, long-drawn moan, a peculiarly sinister sound. Yet it did not venture near the fire. The next morning, the men decided to get out of there. They still had to gather their traps, however, so set about doing so. All through the morning, the two had the disagreeable sensation of being followed. There'd be the occasional snap of a twig, the slight rustling of pines and the dancing shadows that sunlight through the trees can create. The men were on edge, no doubt about it. They headed back to camp for a noon meal and thought things out. There were still three traps over yonder on a little pond near a wide ravine. Bauman said he'd head on out and get them, leaving his friend to pack up the rest of their belongings. There were three beavers awaiting Bauman when he arrived, and being the good trapper he was, he set about cleaning the furs right then and there. It took longer than he thought it would, and by the time he started back, the sun was already beginning to set. Bauman set off back toward camp. He headed through the forest, sunlight reflecting strangely, little breeze about, and the gloomy stillness which always broods over these somber primeval forests. Finally, he reached the edge of camp. He called out, but no call was returned. Bauman began to feel uneasy. He could see the thin blue smoke still curling up from the now-out campfire and the wrapped and arranged packs near it. Stepping closer, however, his eye fell upon the body of his friend stretched beside the trunk of a great fallen spruce. Rushing towards it, the horrified trapper found that the body was still warm, but that the neck was broken while there were four great fang marks in the throat. The footprints of the unknown beast creature, printed deep in the soft soil, told the whole story. The unfortunate man, having finished his packing, had sat down on the spruce log with his face to the fire and his back to the dense woods to wait for his companion. While thus waiting, his monstrous assailant, which must have been lurking in the woods, waiting for a chance to catch one of the adventurers unprepared, came silently up from behind, walking with long, noiseless steps and seemingly still 
on two legs. Evidently unheard, it reached the man and broke his neck by wrenching his head back with its forepaws while it buried its teeth in his throat. It had not eaten the body, but apparently had romped and gambled about it in uncouth, ferocious glee, occasionally rolling over and over it, and had then fled back into the soundless depths of the woods. Bauman grabbed his rifle and got out of there, leaving everything else. He headed back down the pass as fast as he could, thinking something either half-human or half-devil, some great goblin beast, was after him. The horses were still grazing in the meadow, and he got him and got out of there, riding onwards through the night until beyond reach of pursuit.